Welcome to this special boxing edition of the Urban Sports Scene. Family, I am excited. We have some awesome, awesome guests to introduce. But before we get to that, Wole, knock out the particulars, brother. All right. So now so you put it up. I thought it was, isn't it your turn? It's my turn. It is, man. It really is. Oh, <laughs> you I got the Empire Media host. I'm really right. Okay, you got you call me off guard. Okay, my bad, bro. <laughs> Empire Media hosts multiple DMV Sports podcast shows, such as the John Com Report, hosted by ESPN Washington Football Team Insider John Com and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today Insider Mike Jones. You can also subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. And you also know this show can be found on Podcast DC, the new local app with hundreds of options in local news and health in the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app and hear all the Empire Media shows as well as other great content. And don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also join our Urban Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene Sports Bloggers, Sports Podcasters, and Sports Debates. All right, fam. Like I said, I'm excited. Let's introduce the fellas first. We got my man Al Jones. Al, this is my first time meeting you. Ray, what's good, brother? Let's talk some boxing. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Al, of course, it's is from Al is, of course, from the world-renowned radio show In the Ring with Al Jones. Again, good to have you, brother. And joining us from Thank now, you. cool, cool Las Vegas, no longer hot <laughs> Las Vegas, we got my man Johnny Sig. Johnny, what's up, baby? It's a pleasure to be on today, fellas. Thank you for having me on. No doubt. Of course, we got the homie from the quarterly report. He's always on with us. He's family now. Armand Lee, what's up, brother? Hey, what's going on, y'all? Hey, man, can I just say this real quick? Oh, yeah. I love the way y'all did that intro, man. Y'all like Styles and Kids circa like <laughs> 99, 2000. I was passing it off. I was like, okay, yo, this is official. So I had to drop that love. Bro. Oh, I'm, man. Nice. Hey, hey, I'm, I'm going to go Capone and Noriega. Somebody close no, to I'm, my no, I'm, a lock, I'm a locks, dude. I'm cool with that. We saw what happened in, ver- in Versus. Let's go with Styles and people, uh, cool, cool, and, cool and Dre. Somebody closer to my skin tone, baby. Oh, maybe, go ahead, maybe, bro. Maybe, maybe even uh, all the smoke. We, we got that. We, well, we do got that, that vibe. We got that you vibe. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah. after Kwame roasted them, I don't want to exactly. be associated yeah, with that, It's a little different now. It's a little different now. And of course, I don't know who he represents. Is he representing the A's? Representing the O, O H? Uh, we got bite down boxes. <laughs> Reginald Woodson, what's good, man? I thought that was off camera stuff. Man. <laughs> hey, hey, we're missing. Hey, hey, we're missing. But put that work in, though. Missing and put that work in, though. Right, right. <laughs> there we go. That that that's that's the crew. We may have one other brother joining us, but but fellas, let, let's jump right into it. Wole, you want to start with? Yusuk Joshua, I know everybody yeah, excited yeah, exactly. to, to talk about the, the fallout from that fight. I mean, you know what it is what it is. All right, so in um, you know, Wembley Stadium, Usyk defeated Anthony Joshua with unanimous unanimous decision uh, to become the unified heavyweight champ. Um, to me, in that fight, I'm I'm Usyk was just that dude, bro. He really was, and and it's just it's wild that we kind of forget when a, where a boxer was at the, in, in the past because before you know Usyk was talked about as a top five pound for pound boxer you know what I'm saying at, at the cruise within the cruiserweight division then obviously you know he moved up in weight and it's you know his first fight in the division a couple fights weren't as spectacular but you still saw the skill set and you saw what he can do and it's something that you know Anthony Joshua as great he has been in terms of having professional fights he's not where Usyk is you know what I'm saying so. Um, you just saw to me the boxer, the better boxer, win that fight. 
compared to where Anthony Joshua was. And then there's no knock on Anthony Joshua. I think a lot of people were like, oh, you lost to Usyk or whatnot. But to me, when you look at Usyk and his body of work, because it's all about body of work, man, dude is like that. It is what it is. You, he fought a good fight. And it'd be great. I mean, to me, it'd be great to see a rematch. But I don't think Anthony Joshua, if I'm him, is something to look at. Like, I, I lost to a terrible boxer. You actually lost to one of the best boxers in the world. True. I think that's a very yeah, great point. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely a great point. I mean, who knew those? I mean, uh, the world was, they had no idea that Usyk had like 300 amateur fights. Yeah. He was a gold medalist mm-hmm. in the Olympics. You know, he, and, you know, and, and being at a cruiserweight, the cruiserweight division doesn't get that much publicity. Mm. So it was almost a shock to the world to see Usyk come in and he only he was like 18 and 0 you know so he didn't have a he doesn't have a you know a, a resume per se mm-hmm. you know besides publicly for the world to know he doesn't have that resume where yeah. everyone like knows about he's not a household name at all until until last Saturday when he became a household name with the punishment that he put on <laughs> Anthony Joshua Anthony gets caught up trying to trying to slug and, and you know it, it didn't work he looked stiff he 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 lost that eye of the tiger I mean it was just uh, I was I was very disappointed in that performance and to go back on what you just said earlier I don't think a rematch is, is good for, for Joshua right now <laughs> you know he might need to take a little break take a step back a little bit because this is not an Andy Ruiz situation facts you know <laughs> no nope, you know facts. so I, I really, it, it's going to be interesting the next the next six months how they play out. I don't John, know. Did John? You said you want you had something you wanted to say? Yeah, I'll throw it out there. Um, I think that the southpaw stance of Usek was a big complication for Joshua. He was not throwing the right trajectory of shots, in my opinion. Uh, should have been using the right hand more. Instead, he was trying to jab with him, and you know. We always say this in the sport of boxing, you know, behind the scenes is that size matters in porn and combat sports. So I thought (laughs) incorrectly so that Joshua's size was going to be a factor. Excuse me. But then I realized that Usek's left hand stance, his southpaw stance was difficult for Joshua to adjust to. Um, you could see that their legs got caught up a lot. And uh, the thing for a southpaw fighter like Usyk, in my opinion, is that they're accustomed to facing traditional fighters. Right-handers, not so much. They don't really know how to, like, face southpaw fighters on the regs. And that, I think that showed up here. Uh, Joshua, I got to give props to. Um, I'm a big fan. You know, obviously, when he uh, had the fight with Kalichko, that was that was a big thing that he had to come back from man he dealt with some significant adversity and testing of fortitude for days man and then you know the thing with Andy Ruiz when he came back and if you look at it in hindsight always being 2020 Joshua won that fight I hate to sell any fighter out I think it's because Andy Ruiz did not train well no excuses for anyone it's a boxing match and there's millions of dollars at stake but I kind of saw that Joshua like wasn't as good as a lot of people thought in that fight. Mm. And my man, Wally, like, he told me what's up. Like, he was like, he told me what time it is. He's like, Usek, Usek. And so I've been picking, I'm going to eat crow. I've been picking some wrong ones lately, guys. 
So whenever I pick a fight, just bet against who I'm picking nowadays. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm all sorts of wrong. Hey, hey, Armand, I think you had something you want to say as well. Yeah, man. You know, I, I find it interesting, the whole Usyk and Anthony Joshua, um, the whole dynamic, right? And I think on a on a macro level, it probably speaks to the ignorance of the American boxing fan. Yeah. There have been a lot of people who were like, like, I know we're going to talk about it a little bit later in the show, but when you look at the coverage that, you know, a YouTuber got over the summer and, you know, God bless him and Vanner Holyfield. And then last weekend we had a new heavyweight champion. And this is a guy who cleaned out the cruiserweight division. So Ray, Wole, you guys know, I've been a big Usyk fan for, mm-hmm. for years now. And I remember when it was clear he was going to move up. This is probably about like four years ago or whatever. I was like, man, Usyk, when he gets it under and underneath him, gets it comfortable in the heavyweight division, he's going to run the division. I remember saying that. Mm-hmm. Now, we saw the Jazeera fight. We saw some of his earlier fights in heavyweight. And it was clear that the power, at, at least initially, didn't move up. And I still mm-hmm. don't think his power, he has that pop at heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Then when you look at their faces after the fight, like, it was clear. AJ wore his face out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, right. But the skillful boxing that Usyk has, you know what I'm saying? And, and we'll see. His body fills out, but he just didn't bring that pop with him. I think the sky's the limit, and it's always been for him. The interesting thing for me is when you look at AJ, right? Because through all the flaws that we can see, again, I think someone said stiff, and that's probably the best way I describe, I would describe AJ now. I want to say, like, after the Parker fight, it was as if, they were retrying. They were trying to change the tire while driving, right? Mm-hmm. Like his his ability that that aggressiveness. Right. And I don't, maybe aggressiveness is the wrong term because he had a, a huge output last Saturday. But it's like you see him like he was doing doing a, a pawing a lot, and I'm like, bro, you got all these muscles. We obviously you have power, <laughs> but it's as if he doesn't necessarily right. know. It's as if he's thinking you know how what cornerbacks or football players say like when you start thinking on the field that's when you make the mistake i watched right. anthony joshua and it's like he's at one of those boxing classes mm-hmm. and he's trying to get the foot the feet work that the footwork down and then throw the straight and i'm like bro you big lad you know what i'm saying like you can't argue right. with aj's resume like when mm-hmm. you as heavyweights you look at what he's done compared to anybody currently no doubt. Mm-hmm. it speaks for itself but it's as if right. like the confidence and him trying to be a fighter that he's not, he's literally like the opposite of Deontay Wilder, right? Where mm-hmm. Wilder is just like, dog, I'm strong. I'm going to punch your lights out. AJ is trying to be like the, the boxer puncher, but he's just not there yet. And it's almost holding him back. So to me, the interesting thing is AJ, because I, as far as I'm concerned, Usyk, this has been kind of the trajectory that he's yeah. been on. So I would. You got anything you want to add to that? Man, don't put me behind Armand no more. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> damn, bro, you, I got to scrap all my notes. Um, no, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought this was a lose. I got to I gotta get in my bag now. Uh, I thought this was a lose, lose, lose. Three lo- lose situation for AJ. Because if he would have beat the smaller man, people would have written it off as him just beating a smaller man. And that based on the two previous Usyk performances at heavyweight, that's what should have happened. 
And then can we get the winner of Fury and uh, and Wilder? Yep. Then he comes into this situation. He actually loses the fight. I think where he, where he really messed up was when, when he came in and settled in right in front of uh, Usyk right away, I was like, bro, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, you need to let him come to you and react off of that and mm-hmm. then hopefully uh, build up an amount of punishment on the man in the first five to six rounds and maybe take away his fight, any threat from him late. But when he jumps in and is standing toe-to-toe with this guy with the paw and stuff that um, Armand just mentioned – I'm just like, this is not the pace that you want to be at. This is not the, uh, tactically you've really messed up mm-hmm. and I don't know how you, you, you back away. Like, I don't know how he changes, uh, tactics in the middle of this fight. So now kind of jumping ahead to the, to the, to having a rematch because at no point in this fight, did you just flat out become mm-hmm. turn the boxing into a brawl or a fight now he faces a situation in the, in the rematch if they get it done where you actually have to go to him now because you got to beat the champ or whatever the hell that saying is. You got to beat the champ to beat the man or beat the, beat the man to beat the man. Mm-hmm. Now you've taken that situation away from you where they, even the judges couldn't help him out because he, <laughs> because he chose to, uh, you know, he had the wrong tactics in mm-hmm. that fight with him trying to go to him. So now that you, I, I just don't know how he rebound rebounds from this, but the only thing is the rematch can still be sold because we think that he can get it right. But like John just mentioned, if we really look closely at the rematch with Andy Ruiz, we don't really have a great track record on him in rematches mm-hmm. if we want to look at it that closely. Mm-hmm. But I think most of us, because he's one of the few boxers along with Canelo, He's one of the few boxers that can get 35, 60, 70,000 into a, an arena. Um, they can still put it together. There can still be that bit of uh, suspense mm-hmm. that they can sell to the public. And I think I thought somebody hit on it uh, before, but I think the rematch can still work and he can have a fight after that because if he loses to this guy, they can just say, well, that was a bad style matchup for him. That, that Southpaw stance is not a lot of, uh, it's not a lot of uh, Southpaw heavyweights, so he can he can he can lose to Usyk one more time, conceivably, and still come back and have a good uh, one more good fight. I think. But someone well, I got a question for the, you. I'm go sorry. Go, go, yeah. go ahead, Johnny. What's your question? The bell that rang at the end of the twelfth round of that fight saved Joshua's ass. Oh, definitely. Like that early right. bell, like because. I'm watching the fight. I'm like, damn, Usyk might stop this guy right now. And then next thing you know, it's like the bell sounds. I'm, I looked at the clock and it was at like 10 seconds. I'm like, whoa, there's another 10 seconds here. You know, another five seconds, any second in that fact is that Joshua might have ended up in the second row. The ropes were holding him up. So there was some home yeah. cooking going on over there in the UK. Like not to be like, you know, that guy, but I got I got to. You know, I, I saw it. I, I got, even it's my wife saving the bag. <laughs> they were like, ding, ding. Let's get him out and of he, here. And he also, like, I got to save the bag. Yeah. yeah. But also, you got to take in consideration whenever you fight in the Southpaw, mm-hmm. you always lead with your right hand. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, and, he, and he wasn't doing that at all. You right. were always yeah. supposed to lead with your right hand when you're fighting the Southpaw. All, the, all of that little pat and pity pat that he was doing with the, with his left, 
Yeah. It wasn't setting anything up. I I, I also, I, I got his corner has to take some of this responsibility. There, yes. there, it, is. there it is. You know, they didn't, They no one <laughs> in the corner tried to help him make adjustments. All right. Yeah. I didn't see him making any adjustments. He, he's kept, he stayed with the same game plan. And yeah, he is supposed, I mean, he's 6'6", 240. He is supposed to walk him down. He is supposed, Joshua can't fight on his heels. And you know that. So he has. He was supposed to be a whole lot more. He wasn't aggressive at all in that fight to me. I didn't see the aggression. I didn't see the eye of the tiger. I know he's a brand now, but and and that yeah. has come to hurt him. I think so. You know, he he needs to get back to to Anthony Joshua, the Joshua that fought the Clisco, the Joshua that became a heavyweight champion. That shit he's doing now. Just, mm-hmm. I don't know who. I didn't know who he was in that ring. Mm. Armand, did you have something to add, brother? Yeah, man. I mean, just saying the same thing that we've all kind of said. Like, when you watch AJ fight, he's he's like the 5-2 baseball player. He's got all everything you would want. And then you're like, bro, why are you playing at the – why are you trying to bunt when you, when you at bat? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> the, the thing that was most – again, we've all said it, the pawing. Like, I don't know what he was doing. Like, you, you were carrying right. that length, that size, yeah. that power. Why are you playing? And, it, 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 and, right. and this corner gave him no type of benefit. The corner's on in there saying that he's doing well. And like mm-hmm. you said, they're not giving any adjustments on the fly. I don't know. Maybe, right. maybe it's the, the – I mean, he's incredibly wealthy. He's probably what? I mean, the zone and, and, and her and Metro, they haven't really announced, at least to my knowledge, what these latest the, – the details of this latest contract. He's got the Beats by Dre – He's got oh, the, yeah. the, good, the vitamin water. I mean, again, right. I'll say he, he's a brand now, right? Yeah. And I remember, exactly. you know, it's just, it's a bit disappointing because when you look at the heavyweight division, it could be what we all probably remember, at least definitely in the late 90s, where you have all these different guys, all these different exciting styles. I'm not going to take anything away from AJ from losing to Usyk because, again, I've always felt that Usyk had the, the, ability. the ability to be yeah. special. Mm-hmm. You can't lose like that. You feel me? Like, it looked like you were just confused. And Mm -hmm. I go back to that Parker fight, man. I remember watching the Parker fight being like, okay, they're clearly trying to work with AJ. But it's never really felt natural since then. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. I think they probably have done more harm than good for him as a uh, heavyweight champion. Was anybody shocked that Chisora was able to be more of a threat late into the fight? Than AJ, that's what mm. I'm sitting here looking at. Like, Chisor, mm. you know, he was a few, step, a few steps slow and whatnot, but he at least had the timing to wind up and take that big, that long ass <laughs> overhand right. He kept mm. throwing. He, at least he could set something up. But for AJ, he was just completely baffled by the in and out, the resetting, the footwork. He didn't have no idea whatsoever how to get that right hand out to mm. him. But I will say, in his defense. Dordicos in the uh, in the World Boxing Super Series final finale, he couldn't touch him with his right hand. Gassiev or Gassiev, he couldn't do nothing with. It. I mean, we haven't seen anybody land flush right hands or multiple flush right hands on UC. Yo, I want to jump in the south part. Yep, I'm I'm gonna jump in real quick. One is uh, Anthony Joshua did acknowledge before the fight he did not have a lot of experience fighting southpaws, so that definitely it, it hurt him, but. I also noticed his energy after the fight. Now, remember when he lost to, to, to Ruiz, he said, 
man, I'm gonna beat him up in the next fight. Like he was confident. He knew he just got he got caught. But this time, he didn't seem as sure that he could win in a rematch. No, he looked at, he looked name. very sure, and he got his eyes shut for the first time. I think it definitely baffled him um, because he's like, wait a minute, this was not supposed to happen. Mm. I want to give a shout out to Jojo Diaz because when I interviewed him years ago, he said a career defining moment for Errol Spence was when he went to the UK and he knocked out Kell Brook. Mm-hmm. And Yusuf right. goes to the UK in front of 66,000 mm-hmm. people and he beats Push. Anthony Joshua when it was the AJ show. Everybody on social media is showing love <laughs> to Eddie Hearn for how he just put on a spectacular AJ phenomenon, yeah. phenomenal event. The intro AJ and everything. AJ, AJ's in fire. <laughs> And you going? In, I mean, we showed our age before the show. Like this was some rocky stuff. It was the rocky stuff. You know, this man's hometown, and you knock. I mean, he knock him out. But like Johnny said, that bell saved him. So what Usyk achieved is just historical, man. And it shot him up the pound for pound yeah. list so fast with that one victory. And now I think this is just going to um, catapult him to superstar status. You guys. What was the magnitude of this win, considering the amount of people was there during COVID, by the way, mm-hmm. and also the fact that it was in the UK? And how does now I think Usyk dictate the rematch um, negotiations? Because he's like, no, nah, we come, we we coming to the Ukraine with this next one. I came to your hometown, come over here and fight me. But Eddie Hearn's like, no way. Yeah, he <laughs> he, he's not trying right. to mess up his bread. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll let you handle that <laughs> one first, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's definitely. Well, he's already executed the, yeah. the he's already mean he mean the rematch Joshua clause. Yeah. He's already executed his rematch clause. So that's that's happening. Uh the location is up for grabs at this mm. point. Mm. I mean, and, and Usyk has being the champ, he has the right. He should have that right as the champion to dictate where the fight is. And unfortunately, um Eddie Hearn has to go and pay attention, he has to adhere to that. Mm. Now, one thing that Eddie Hearn did wrong, uh, I really believe he did wrong in this particular situation, is the week of, he signed, he re-signed Anthony Joshua to another contract extension. Mm. I would have almost waited, I think that was an, a distraction, mm. I would have almost waited to the announcement, and the and, and or we can take care of that after the fight, or we can take care of it. I mean, I, I didn't think Eddie Hearn handled that that contract extension correctly because that seems to be in a distraction also with that announcement. And and like we were just mentioning previously, I mean, he's a brand now. Anthony Joshua is a brand now. So mm-hmm. we have to he, – he doesn't have that eye – again, he doesn't have that eye of the tiger anymore. I <laughs> really believe that that was a distraction. And and it kind of had had something to do with his focus on on last weekend's fight. Andre Can we say. agree that we need uh, an Emmanuel Stewart to come in type guy? Which there is no one that could equal the trainer that Emmanuel Stewart was. But think about for the big men like Lennox Lewis, uh-huh. you know Vladimir Kalichko, like you know. Joshua has to learn how to fight as a big man. He's got to use his physicality. The problem in that fight against Usek, he did nothing with his physicality. He didn't lean on him. Look at Lennox Lewis when he fought, you know, uh, Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, you know, uh, great, great fighters he went through. And what did he do? He used his physicality. He used his reach. He had his jab. 
Now, Southpaw versus conventional, it's a different look. But like you said, the right hand has to be a factor. You cannot just, you know, factor off of a jab. And another thing is, too, a Southpaw fighter, their liver is up front. So what do you do in that situation? You right. shoot a left hook to the body. Like, where was exactly. that? Like, that, that's, that, that's a pretty much, like, end of story. Like, if you hit someone, you know, to right. the liver... And and especially right. when the liver's up front, like I, I just um I, I think he's getting bad coaching. So that's what I'm trying to say. I, I agree with you, is that uh I think that Joshua needs to uh to get be- better counsel. Um I don't know if there's anyone on the planet better than Emmanuel Stewart. Obviously, he's not with us anymore. Great guy, had the opportunity to talk to him many times, wonderful man. And uh, you know, he, he's the guy that put uh together a lot of careers, even as on low on scale, Oscar De La Hoya, guys of that nature, you know, it's absolutely, man. Like they're one of the best to do it. I think Joshua needs better tools and uh, instruction. So I totally agree with what you're saying. He caught him yeah. with that. Uh, he hit him with that left hook, um, like in the seventh or eighth round, and back Usyk up and kind of changed the, you know, Usyk, like I saw that got ghost for about 30 seconds. Yeah, I saw that. After that. Mm-hmm. And he never did anything I else. Did and then follow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't right. follow up with it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the one thing, I'm really not gonna stay here too long on this, but you know, we saw the friendliness with Jer uh with Jarrell Miller when they were when they were scheduled to fight in the press conference, and then we saw with uh Andy Ruiz him putting the belts on him. Hey, hold the belts, you know, take the belts, feel them, it's not the way on like. Right. He's so uh he he's so um you know he's just the antithesis of the knuckle dragon brute, you know, with the the you know vulgar language and 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 disrespectful and all that. That's just not him. And it's worked well for him right. commercially with the under armor and uh the beats and all the endorsements that he has, and he's great on the microphone, and you know, he he's universally uh you know, he has that universal appeal and whatnot. And you could take him to many countries and all of that type of stuff. But at the end of the day, what's, what we're seeing is you're not reliable on fight night. And right. And that just can't be. And, and, and you know, and you're not always going to be able to get these, these makeup exams to go back with the rematch. <laughs> right. And, um, right. But the, but, but the it, saving man. grace for him is <laughs> even without the belts, he still can probably get fifty to sixty thousand people in the show, yeah. but it's but, it, but it's just like with another bad mm-hmm. loss, man. Like they got to take the the fire, the AJ fire thing. Like they got to wheel that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't have that in right. the building no coming, more. Coming out like Apollo. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm just sitting here like you know everything. Like we oh, said, man. all of the all of the optics look great. Until they go deep, they read, the, you know, they they hit the gloves and it's time to go. And it's like, we don't know what the hell we're about to get. Boy, I think you just actually coined a phrase called makeup exams. I'm going to steal that from you. I'm letting you know right now. That was amazing. I, I will say, hey, write it down, well. bro. I will say, though, once I saw him come out to that entrance, I was like, this dude, gonna, he going to F around and lose this. I was like, he going to really lose this. I was like, you're, it's just shows a sense of like be, being arrogant. Like oh, you put in this man. big show. It was like Apollo when he got beat by the Russian. 
Yeah, it's like on a, on a smaller <laughs> scale. On, on a smaller scale, it's like heard here in, in Northern Virginia when he yeah. called for DC. He came out the the oh, I'm sorry, Washington oh. football team band and stuff. Anyway, and shout out shout out to Wolf for dropping the big baby mention because <laughs> I know I know he's trying to sign with Oscar Valdez Promotions at this point. Like, how am I not fighting? But Oscar Valdez <laughs> is still a title holder at this point. But look, moving on, fellas. Um, Johnny Sig in your backyard, the T-Mobile Arena, you know, they're hosting the Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder part three fight next week, a week from today, actually a week from this recording. And um, Tyson Fury is going to be defending that WC, WBC heavyweight title. Armand, do you expect to see something different? I've been seeing your takes on this for, for a while now. I know I know what your line of uh, thinking is, <laughs> no. but I'm still going to ask anyway. <laughs> no, I mean... No. <laughs> Tyson Fury gave it to you one way. Tyson Fury gave it to you the next. I will say this the only Slim. Okay, hold on, real quick, real quick. Did y'all see the video that Deontay Wilder, him and his people released? The training. Where he's like, Oh, I'm working the body now. And he's going <laughs> yeah. like wild slide. I was like, bro, you gonna get your hands ripped off. Look, I, I look. I'm not the biggest Deontay Wilder fan. Um, and again, <laughs> earlier I said it's uh, it's like yin and the yang when I see Wilder and AJ. Uh, Wilder has all of all of the intangibles, right? Mm-hmm. I remember when Wilder was a kid, like a pup, basically. And, then we were, and you just look at him like, man, this guy's so raw. Mm-hmm. And he's got literally Thor's hammer in his right glove, right? Like he, <laughs> he's got the, the ultimate equalizer. <laughs> And, like, he never got better. He never got better. But I guess you never have to when you can literally punch somebody's head off until these first two fights with Fury, right? The first one, I think it's pretty obvious, Fury won. Um, Mm -hmm. Wilder relied on his power. Fury got up twice. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? The second time, I don't know if it's like, you know, the first time you get, you know, before any of us got in a fight the first time, you're scared of getting punched. It's like trying to talk to a girl. You're scared of rejection. Then once you get rejected the first time, you're like, okay, well, damn, that didn't kill me. I'll do this. Mm-hmm. And you saw what happened with Fury in the second fight. Fury was like, I respect your power, but I'm going to play with you because you Thanos. don't know how to get punches off. <laughs> he's Thanos, so he's just bro. like, okay, I'm not even playing with him anymore. And he just beat him up. Mm-hmm. I guess anything could happen, right? It's boxing. God knows we've seen wild stuff before. And again, you know, we we all don't know necessarily the impact of COVID. Like a lot of these fighters have have, have, have come down with COVID and I, like we've seen in basketball and mm-hmm. baseball, uh, each player, each athlete, it impacts them differently. So we don't know how Fury could come out of it. Fury could be feeling himself, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But Fury beat Wilder, in my opinion, one style in the first fight. He absolutely dominated him in the second fight. I don't know what I don't know what would happen, you know what I'm saying, in the year and a half off, but hey, I hope it's as entertaining as the first two fights have been. They were great fights. Um, you know, the the first two, uh I loved them and I can't wait for the third installment. Uh the first fight, the drama in that 12th round and, you know, Tyson Fury getting laid down, nailed to a cross and like rising. I'm like, what is happening right now? And yeah. mind you, like, he, he was down earlier in that fight, too. Wilder, a lot of people refer to him as a one-trick pony. I've always liked his personality. I like his swag. Um, not, 
he's not the best boxer on planet earth. Like, you know, right. that that's obvious. Uh, I think that under Breland, he had a great jab, you know, um, at what, what against Vernon Stavern when he did that um, in the first fight, I thought that was wonderful. I, I thought he was starting to show like form, but I think he fell in love with his power. Deontay Wilder did. And for whatever reason what happened in the second fight, you know, I mean, Deontay, come on guys, let's face facts. Like, Deontay made every excuse in the book like he was blaming like I mean at this point in time it's like just you know maybe you know like I I don't even know where he was going with these excuses (laughs) aliens abducted him I don't know (laughs) you know like it's like where where is he I I love him to death and I've always been a Deontay Wilder fan he does have that one uh, punch neutralizer mm. that could change the that's heavyweight boxing and like you said perfectly bro like armand like you said it perfectly is that anything can happen especially in heavyweight boxing now deontay wilder is special power but the problem is for him for deontay is that with tyson fury you know he mucks you up he's a rough guy and he's very mm. agile for a big man like yeah. he, he moves around the ring he uses jab very well he roughs you up and he's very like mentally stable in terms of like being uh, very strong mentally in terms of breaking you down. Like he does not want to relent. He does not get off you. And Dante needs to, I think, mentally be as equally strong, if not stronger to get this. Now, everyone knows that's been listening to me on my podcast and on urban sports scene i've been picking fights wrong i saw my hero evander holyfield get sent (laughs) right like and i was like ah no he looks great they're like johnny he's 58 years old i'm like "Ah, i love him you know he's he's gonna be fine nope and then my wife looks at me and my stepdaughter looks at me while i'm watching the fight and they're like he don't look so good john i'm like yeah he looks like shit I love him. I've had the opportunity to interview exactly. him several times, and I'll still give him a big bear hug when I see him. But, jeez, man, that was tough for me. But uh, I honestly feel, okay, here I go. So people that are listening, bet oh. on Deontay Wilder because I'm picking Tyson Fury. Oh, no. <laughs> and that, that's a good look for me because I want Deontay pick. to win. He says a great pick. <laughs> Hey, thanks, Ray, for letting me go after that. <laughs> I can do something after that. Hey, now, first, I want to thank y'all for allowing this to be a safe space to actually be critical and analytical of Deontay Wilder and his boxing style. Mm-hmm. I mean, you it's some brothers out here, man. You say the first thing wrong about Wilder. Oh, my God. And so you facts. <laughs> all, all kind of names that would be aimed at Stephen A. Smith, and I'm just like, man, the brother can't box. Like, what? Are you, like, we can we can talk about so and so can't shoot, so and so puts the ball on the ground too much and fumbles. Somebody can't pass to the to the right jersey. You got to talk about a brother in, in boxing. The most obvious things about him, and you all kind of names and stuff. And I'm just like, let me just shut up. But. I don't know what the hell to suspect in, or to expect in this fight. Uh, the time away for both guys, the fact that, um, you know, Tyson Fury, you know, I don't know how much stock I put into this, but there were some talks out there and some rumors that he uh, was getting worked over or roughed up in camp. And that was part of the reason of why, uh, you know, the fight was postponed. 
I don't know how much I believe. Like I said, I don't know how much stock I put into that. Um, looking at the re- the results of the first two fights, I'm with Armand. I mean, I I really can't say that things change. The training videos that I've seen, and that's the thing. <laughs> Deontay Wilder, more is going to be less. Yeah. Or, or no, I'm sorry. Less is going to be more. Uh, I need to get on my game. Um, but, it's all about the bomb. It's all about that bomb. Yeah, to sit oh, here, to, to sit here and think he's going to become a technician. You saw the, you saw the form trying to go to the body. Like, bro, you you can't change the game in the ninth inning, bro. Yeah. You he just needs to figure out how to keep more space between them. Use the jab efficiently and, and make it count when he does touch him, and then try to set up that right hand and, and figure it out. But to sit here now and to think after you didn't give a damn about boxing for like forty two fights, to think now that I'm gonna go in here and hang my my cap on my boxing ability against Fury, who's been boxing since he was like eight years old, I just don't think that's the right way to go. And the brothers, the brothers balance his footwork, all of that stuff is just a mess. Like, dude, go in there and uh, then they had the fake-ass video with him trying to bench 300 and some pounds. What the hell does that have to do with boxing? This is not the NFL combine. We ain't going in, bro. We ain't going in. But it's all facts. I know. I I agree. I agree. I just don't understand some of this stuff. Like, uh, work with work with what you can do, and like I said, just and, and I and I'll credit him with this where I didn't see where we didn't see it with AJ. It's getting it's gotten to a lot of fights in that seventh through ninth and tenth round um, period in there where where Deontay was down, but that brother is like, man, I can't go back to whatever I was doing before I started by Walmart or driving whatever it was. I can't go back to none of that. So let me figure out something. And he he's able to bring big moments out of desperation, mm-hmm. except for with Brazil, who chose to stand in front of him and be a statue. I didn't get that. But um, trouble, trouble, yeah, trouble. But um, <laughs> I think that's 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 really it, man. He he has to find a way to buy his time. I mean, Fury is not the the, the most heavy handed heavyweight. Uh, we saw him, you know what 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 took place in the first fight. Try to get back to that type of pace and look for that opening to, um, you know, to land that right hand and see what happens. Stay away from the excessive costume stuff, too. Mm. Good <laughs> yeah, luck with we that. We don't I, need more excuses. Yeah, just come in there. Right. Just All cut right. a towel. Just cut a hole in the towel. Throw it over and get out there. But I got to be real about it. It looked badass. You looked like a, a transformer or something, like just like you know, someone up in a Star Wars. I'm a yeah. sci-fi guy. I'm a sci-fi nerd. And when I saw Deontay come too. out, I'm like, yeah, inter- man. I'm like, no yo, dude. in the building that night. What happened, bro? Wasn't no energon in the building that night. No, they had no <laughs> energon cubes. <laughs> they, they, there was no but energon you know cubes. I totally disagree with. Everybody. And I oh, know, no. Here we go. Okay, we got one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's get it. I totally, <laughs> what you guys are failing to realize in uh, this fight, he is the coaching and the tutelage of Malik Scott. Mm-hmm. Malik has, has, is going, has redefined, has retuned and redefined Deontay Wilder. You're going to see a totally different 
Deontay Wilder uh, uh-huh. next Saturday afternoon. Uh, and I'm, <laughs> I'll be out there Wednesday. I'm going to the fight. I'll be out there Wednesday. I'm doing coverage. You will uh, – Malik Scott has, has tapped in to Deontay <laughs> Wilder, got back to the fundamentals that he had when he was an Olympian and was able to walk away with a bronze medal in the Olympics. You will see a, a – uh, a body attack. You will see a body attack from Deontay Wilder. You will see a Wilder playing defense. And, yes, he's going to set. I don't know. This is the thing, though. He's going to set Tyson Fury up with that right hand. I don't know if Tyson Fury will be able to recover this time. This is, this, this will be, this is going to be a defining moment in Deontay Wilder's career. Do not expect to see the old Wilder. And I know how Mike Tyson always says everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Nice. And nice. I agree with Mike with that, but now he just gave me goosebumps. To, <laughs> he has a, we have definitely have a different Deontay Wilder. I, I really hope so. I'm a huge fan. Oh man. God bless you, brother. I'll wait all wild. If Deontay Wilder goes to the body, when his head is looking down at the canvas and he winds up, it's going to be a defining moment because it's going to be grand opening, grand closing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I Chris know, Rock I, style, I just, remember that? Grand could, opening, grand closing. It, 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 like, right, I mean, I'm with right. you. Like, again, I was I was with Wilder for so long. Like, my daughter's 11. Before she was 11, before she was born, I was like, oh, man, we finally have an American boxer. He's mowing people down. And it was like, the last fight was the like the the culmination of all of we talked about like before we started recording a, a fight I ain't gonna name him about wasted opportunity and obviously that's way too hard for Deontay Wilder because Deontay Wilder is one of the you look at his career you just he was he's heavyweight champion of the world or was you can't say he was wasted but like the potential like what he could have been had he just respected the crab it's too late right we'll say it I don't want to see. Ben Simmons shoot three-pointers. You feel me? It's too late in your career. It's not that. Imagine if Shaq, when he got to Phoenix, was like, you know what? I'm going to expand my game. I'm going to start to three. It's too late. You feel me? You are what you are. You are what you are. And unfortunately, I don't even know what he is to this point, is the fighter who's capable of getting space. Because, again, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder is a big man. Tyson Fury is huge, and he and, and, and we right. talked about this with AJ. Unlike AJ, Fury makes you feel his lever, his size, his girth, yes, and that right. was the entire fight. So, I mean, bro, when I was watching that second fight, forget the excuses, forget the quote-unquote rabbit punch, all of this other stuff. You looked at the first few rounds, Wilder couldn't get a punch off. He didn't know how to set anything up. He didn't know how to put pop. I mean, he he, he looked like a, a guy who had a few beers in a bar fight, just just throwing stuff. Right. It's not going to work against right. Fury. It didn't work the first time. It definitely didn't work the second time. Hey, Al, I take this, bro. If 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 Deontay Wilder comes out looking different. I will come back on the urban sports scene. Shout you out, brother. Because, man, I, don't see, I don't see. Get ready. Get ready. <laughs> well, if you go with my logic, like bet against me, I think that Fury will win. 
But then that means Wilder will probably win. Hey, hey John, you may get your first, <laughs> hey, you may get your, you may be on a winning streak now. You may have, like, I might restart you know what I'm saying? You may have X'd out the curse. <laughs> I don't know, man. Hey, I mean, like, like everybody said about Deontay, I'm like, I mean, like Armand said, the first two fights of what it was, what it was. And I, I'm all about, man, let me, let me see in the ring because I've seen a lot of fighters and we've seen it in the past that have done things the wrong way for a few, a few times. They've gotten with a trainer. They've shown videos. It look good. They get in the ring until what Mike said, because Mike, what Mike said is so true. Once they get hit and punched in the mouth, you go back to what you know. You know what yep. I'm saying? That's the thing. It's probably all creatures of habit. So when you start to hit a full adversity, a lot of times what happens is you go back to what you're comfortable doing. You don't sometimes go back to, you don't go to what you trained on or what you've been trying to coach yourself to do. You go back to what you're comfortable in doing. So it's going to be interesting to see. If he changes you know, his whole game plan, and decide in boxes, then you know we'll see what we get. But who, it's well, hard to see that though, bro. It's hard. I ain't gonna lie. It's hard. But, but who said <laughs> who? How was how Malik? Whatever his last name is. God. How was he even uh, like qualified or? What, <laughs> what makes oh, him? Come, come on, what? What <laughs> makes him official <laughs> as the resurrector or uh, the retool I'm gonna guy? Let, I'm gonna let Al take this one, even though. <laughs> who, who <has> he, <laughs> Deontay, Deontay did knock him out, though. He did knock him out. But. Who, has, who has Malik fixed for us to say, oh, that brother can get you together. That brother can straighten you out. He can do that. Who who has he done that with for us to believe that it's capable with a guy that was this badly flawed? Now, I will, but I will say this, Al. It, it, to, I, I'm with you. I salute you on this. I do think that he is being listened to. And I think the ass whooping that, and the washing that he received helped helped right. him be more receptive to. Right, I got to change things right. up. But again, right, it's it's late in the ninth inning with two outs, a full count, <laughs> and Kershaw's on the mound. It ain't looking good. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm definitely expecting Malik Scott. I mean, he 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 appears to be a fundamentalist. He appears to be a technician. I mean, he hasn't had the opportunity to display his skills on this level yet. This will be the first time for giving him the opportunity. Just like, I mean, Sugar Hill went in and did a lot for for Tyson Fury and helped Tyson Fury out. Sugar Hill wasn't wasn't a big champion, world champion trainer either. That's true. Until you know, although he's up under Emmanuel, the great Emmanuel Stewart, we all know that. Same thing. But just him, just 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 uh, Sugar Hill by himself hadn't had that opportunity until he got with Tyson Fury. So now, Malik Scott, he has the, he has that opportunity now, taking and and that 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 butt whooping that that uh, Wilder took in the past has humbled him. He was on his ego. He was he didn't listen to anything Mildred Taylor had to tell him. He wasn't listening. He was he was a chumping. He was a he was a he was a, a chumping in, in camp. He wouldn't listen to anybody. He did what he wanted to. He had a bunch of yes men around him in that camp. So he's been humbled now. I, I mm-hmm. think we have a this is what I'm saying. We're gonna see a different wilder based on this tutelage and based on the past of of uh uh, fight that he had with uh, Tyson Fury. Can I ask you a question? What about his legs? Like Deontay has very thin legs, and uh, in the heavyweight ranks, especially, 
you got to have your legs underneath you. And the legs were like the big complication in the second fight. And I, I think both fights were great fights. Like in all honesty, even though I thought Fury kind of won the first one, I, I don't mind the draw. Uh, Deontay, like I got so excited. Like I'm a big De- Deontay Wilder fan. Like I just jumped off my couch when he knocked Fury down and Fury obviously comes back and does his rally. And it was a hell of a round. The second fight, right. I thought it was compelling just because I was like, there's a guy here in Tyson Fury that's just taken on a very badass fighter. Cause I, I think Deontay Wilder is a very strong, ambitious fighter. Uh, has a lot of strength, obviously, we know. But I think that one of his limitations is his legs. Are they doing anything in, in your knowledge to uh, prepare with, with his leg treatment? Yeah, based on from, from what I hear coming out of camp. He has he 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 definitely uh, had a strength and conditioning coach. That was some BS that we saw. That was just what they were showing on on his little clip with him doing a little power lifting. That was nothing. He he definitely has some some you know he's been training and doing a lot of strength and conditioning with his legs because it you know to his excuse uh, his legs he felt you know his legs went out on him in the last fight. You know, because one of the reasons was he had that 40-pound uh, costume, the wing costume on. So to his defense, he has been – he has definitely, with his strength and conditioning coach, he did emphasize that he needed he needed some help with his legs. So, you know, we'll, we'll definitely see if, that's, if that uh, works for him next week. This I, I have another question oh, for you, okay. too, real quick, guys, not to All steal right. this. But uh, where does he get that power from? Because, like – you know, it's horsepower. It's all from the hips down. Deontay Wilder has extreme power, but with very thin legs. Like, where do, where does that come from? Like, is it just natural? Like, that's Alabama mojo or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's country that's boy. That's that a country is. boy thing. That's yeah, a country boy thing. Yeah, yeah, that's all that is. Can't define that. That's straight Alabama mojo. Grown man, grown man strength is what we call it, Johnny. I want to say this, guys. If Deontay Wilder win, might be just a, a good trend for boxing that's heading in another direction, just like we're finally getting big fights. We're going to talk Canelo and Plant coming up. We're just seeing a lot of changes, and we're seeing, finally, fights that we actually want to watch as mm-hmm. boxing analysts, as boxing fans, and another trend that's heading in the right direction. Bud is finally getting oh, a good God. fight, thank fellas. Um, <laughs> on November 20th, of course, Terrence Bud Crawford will defend his WBO welterweight world title against my man, uh, Sean Showtime Porter. Uh, Al, does Sean Porter, or Max, I'm, I'm going to go to Wale, then you, Al. The Showtime Sean Porter, who we've seen struggle against certain guys. He struggled against Ugas. He also struggled uh, against uh, Adrian Brona at time. Adrian Brona dropped him late in that fight, but we've seen good showings, too. He, he, he had a good fight against, of course, Errol Spence. He fought Keith. Um, Sean Porter, I love him because he'll fight anybody, man. He comes forward. Um, does he have a chance against Bud Crawford? And thank you that Bud Crawford is finally getting a, a fight that a signature fight on his resume. Yeah, I think he does have a chance. To be honest with you, you look at the resume of what he had to had to see. You know, going to his fight. I mean, and I was talking to Al about this before. Um, you look at that resume. If you look at any welterweight, he may have the most impressive resume. 
like really like study his like his resume he's battle tested and it's something that we talked about with bud he's not battle tested i don't care anybody you can talk we can talk about skill all you want but bud ain't battle tested like he's not and getting into the you know getting it's cool to see it you know to to see it on tape try to train for it but i feel like when you get in the ring with with showtime sean porter that's a whole different animal you know i mean you know how much i love earl spence i love i think earl spence when before the crash was pound for pound the best boxer in the game that was just that was me you know what i mean and you saw what he had to go through fighting Porter. You know what I'm saying? What he had to go through. And I thought that fight was tailored for Earl because Earl's a killer body puncher. If you don't crowd Earl, he can get you with the body shot. You know what I mean? And he still made it hell for Earl Spence. So to me, going into this fight, if I'm Bud, don't feel safe. Don't think it's safe because you ain't see nothing for you to feel safe. You know what I mean? I keep telling everybody, like, his toughest fight may have been Gamboa, and Gamboa at that time was done. And Gamboa still get at the beginning of the first couple rounds gave him some gave him some competition. So this is a fight he has to like he has to take serious. I think uh, Porter has a great he has a good chance to win this fight. To be honest with you, I would still pick I would still pick Terrence Bud Crawford. But I think if anybody is discounting uh, Porter, you're definitely doing yourself a big disservice. You ain't watched this man fight. Yeah, I totally agree with everything you said. I. My only thing, I, 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 I believe that Sean Porter is going to come away with a victory in this mm. fight. Yeah. I mean, the pressure, yeah. the pressure that's going to be applied, uh, <laughs> he has no answer. Bud has no answer for that pressure. And they're very he got wood washing his hands both here. Both I have to <laughs> address that. <laughs> <laughs> might be able to get in right there. With each other. I mean, both of them came up together in the amateurs. They sparred against each other. They know each other very well. You know, so this is going to be interesting. It, 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 you know, they're, and they're real cool. So I was glad to see that, you know, this is manifesting and coming, you know, thanks to the WBO for putting the pressure. Definitely. Because other than that, we would have never seen this fight, you know, for the sanctioning bodies to put that pressure down in order to, you know, or, or uh, Bud would have had to lose his belt, which he definitely doesn't want to do. Bud is going to come out there. I've, I've seen Bud. I, it's another guy from here from Cleveland, Miguel Gonzalez. Mm. He beat Bud up in the amateurs. Mm. You know, he's from Cleveland, Ohio, too. Sean know him real good. Sean is going to collaborate with him and see what, you know, what 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 is it, what pointers that he can get. You know, so it's going it's going to be interesting. The, the pressure, like I said, Bud has never seen pressure like he's going to see in his life. True and, um you know, good luck to him. <laughs> I love and, my but but Sean wants that belt because Sean wants he wants a rematch. He want to run it back with Errol Spence. Believe that. It's Al, I agree with you on, on many levels yeah. about what you were saying there. And Sean Porter, he he uh, he fights like a linebacker. Like he's in right. your ass the whole time, and he's just throwing. And he's very rough. It's not a style you can really prepare for. Mm-hmm. You could like you know. Uh, have like some, you know, premeditation about what you want to do mm-hmm. against a guy like that. But Sean just throws, man. He's one of my favorite fighters and uh, also also a very uh, charismatic personality. Um, you know, I've seen him on Fox Sports do many things. And uh, he, he's, he's a very likable guy. He's a very fun guy. And uh, at the end yeah. of the day, I think he's also a very intelligent guy. Now, we got to understand with Sean Porter, he's... Um, been in uh you know a fight affairs where he's lost three major fights so now right now 
it, it's for him to come up and show up and redeem himself. Like, I, and the guys he lost to, guys, people, if, if you don't know, like, they're all world-class, world-championship <laughs> fighters. Yeah, like, right. Sean Porter is going to come into Brooks. this bad boy, and this is make or break. Like, I don't mind when a fighter loses. It, it's how they adapt and how they make changes in return. Sean Porter, like, in this fight with Terrence Crawford, I think is going to be excellent. Uh, both guys have been out of the Great. ring for over a year when they get into the ring in November, I think I think it's a great fight. Like again, I'm not going to pick anything because everything I've been picking is crazy. <laughs> I'll tell you who I'm rooting for. Who I'm rooting for is Sean Porter. Oh, Even though I was a Terrence Crawford guy, I'm I'm going Porter. I like him. I like his style. Dude, is there a better dressed person in boxing? Like you know, and just he's got so much charisma and. And I think that he just fell a little bit short because if you look at those losses that he had so suffered, Razor they, they, were, they were very close. They were I still very think he close. Beat Keith. I still think he beat Keith. There I you think go. He, yeah, yeah. There you go. Wood is so on I, you, man. At first, you know, we need these type boxing needs these types of fights. Yeah. You know, when, when I can sit here and I, it, it's very difficult for me to get to a definitive winner. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. And um, yeah, the majority of these fights, probably 75, 80 percent of these fights, as soon as they announce them, I'm like, oh, that's a wash in so and so's favor. Uh-huh. This right here, um, you know, Bud is uh, is a bit of an enigma for me because uh-huh. we haven't seen him, uh, even though he he's a, he he was undisputed at at at, at one forty, and I think Unify may be at one thirty five or whatever. I think. Uh-huh. Um, it hasn't been against the greatest, you know, set of dance partners and whatnot. Uh, and then the clash of styles here with the football, you know, I don't know. I'd say maybe strong safety, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, that type of pressure and in your face and whatnot. Uh, and, and the fact that, you know, Sean is a, is a, is a consummate professional. I don't know what happened with that. You know, it was an anomaly with the you guys situation. I don't know what was going on there. Maybe he just over was overlooking him a little bit. He had, you know, he had to cut his braids off for the way in and whatnot. I don't know. But um, the way that he turned it up, the way that him and his father locked in to make the Spence fight uh, really competitive. With, I, I was not Man. expecting that. Yeah. I thought Spence was going to take care of him. And I thought, honestly, I thought Spence needed to take care of him yes. to really uh, solidify that distance between him and the field. And when it didn't happen, I was like, damn, but I still thought Spence won the fight. Yeah. Uh, here, I just think, um, you know, Porter definitely fights at a with a with a ferocity and a pace that Bud is, and Bud is thirty three or thirty four, I think, mm-hmm. and he does not fight at that. Um, uh, my man um, from England, Kel, Kel Brook was Brooke. having Brooke. success against yeah, he was. That well, fight. He was. He was. So, over, yeah. I can't really sit here and tell you. Uh, much on this um, <laughs> to, to be honest i'm just burning time right now but i'm going with Bud. <laughs> oh, wait. If you're on you're on point you know exactly what you're talking about uh, uh, that with sean porter like his physicality i think that's a big thing and uh you made a great point about terrence crawford like he's coming from lower weight categories uh sean porter's a big guy i've had the opportunity to meet him and he's very nice and i've seen him train and he works his ass off, man. You know, and the thing is, like, 
that's going to be a factor in this fight. I also think the fact that uh, Terrence Crawford goes from conventional to uh, southpaw, but uh, Sean Porter is an adaptable type of guy. Like he's a fighter. Mm. He he's like an old school throwback guy, and uh, you know he, he's big. He, he's fighting in a weight category that you know I think is great for him. I think it works, but naturally he'd be a much bigger guy. You know, like uh, and uh, but I, I think it's wonderful that he's got the opportunity to uh, set the record straight, if you will, because there was a couple of fights that were very close that he should have won. I thought. All right. This is all fine again. So here's the thing: when I when I when I think of Bud and and Sean, first off, to go back to a point Wood made, I'm glad we had this form, right? Because in my past, I like Terrence Crawford. I'm a huge Terrence Crawford yeah. fan, but even the slightest bit of criticism that you put out there about Bud. You get all of these people from the woodwork right. that you hate them. And I'm like, bro, right. they don't get it. They don't I'm get it. I know, bro. I'm with you. I'm with don't you. tell <laughs> me how this guy is the boogeyman at 147 when it was clear everybody worth a damn in your division before you resigned with top rank worked at PBC, right? We knew this. This is something that we all knew. Don't tell right. me how fight after fight, you're crying about, hey, man, nobody wants to fight me. Sean Porter's wanted this fight for at least two and a half, three years. Yeah, That's has. number one. Nobody yeah. ever says anything about that. Yes, number sir. two, much like you, Wole, I'm a big Spence guy, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hopefully he puts his little demons to the side. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Bomb. Don't tell me that you only are going to fight Spence in a 50-50 fight. You can't draw. You can't draw. Yeah. Terrence Crawford is a phenomenal fighter. And long story short, I think Bud wins. Only because, though there are a lot of questions about Bud, I mean, the only question about Terrence Crawford is his competition. Before he fought Kale, which was completely stupid in so many different reasons, I have no idea why they would even put him in the ring versus Kale Brook in 2020, right? right? The fight he fought before that, I forget the guy's name. Me, me Machine, Me Machine. Yeah, he didn't, they didn't rule it as a knockdown. He got dropped. He got dropped, my buddy. They didn't rule it as a knockdown, but he absolutely got dropped. That doesn't mean anything like the cost of tea in China. We all know the uh, expression. But when you are battle-tested like Sean Porter, it throws a variable into the mix that I don't think – I mean, we here are talking about it and the powers that be on television. You can't watch any type of legitimate – uh, boxing in America analysis, right? Because everybody is skewed to their own powers of political, you know, whatever they're tied to, right? So Max obviously works for ESPN. Max is in, in a very bright boxing mind, but of course he's going to talk about how Sean, or excuse me, how Terrence Crawford is the best at 147, this, that, and the third. Um, right. I, I think Terrence Crawford has the talent. We've all waited so long, so long, at welterweight for Terrence Crawford to get in there with somebody who's worth the price of admission. Like we want to see the best fight, the best we've all said it so far when we talked about this fight, I think on this talent, Terrence Crawford beats Sean Porter because Bud has this ability, unlike Spence where it's like, Bud wants to beat you up and he wants to embarrass you in front of your moms. He wants everybody to see what he did to you. He wants your girlfriend to look at you crazy you know what I'm saying? He wants to embarrass you, bro. Mm-hmm. Whereas Spence, it feels a lot like, well, Spence is like, oh, man, I want this to be pretty. I want to showcase my skills. Bud wants to embarrass you. 
I think that what that's what got Spence a lot of problems versus his fight versus Sean because you can't look pretty versus Sean. It won't happen. Sean mm-hmm. Sean is like whether you want think he's a soft, strong safety, a linebacker. I call him a pit man. You just you gonna get in there with him. It's gonna be ugly. It's you gonna have the scars afterwards. It's like trying to wrestle an alligator. At some point, you gonna get clipped. But that saw, to me, that yeah. matchup, that style fits better to what Bud does. Because Bud is like, all right, bet, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to beat you up, and I'm going to laugh. I'm going to take your money, I'm going to take your girl, and I'm going to laugh at you afterwards. That's the vibe that I get from Bud. Whether or not he's able to do that on this stage, that's the ultimate question. But every other box, if if you're checking off the boxes, if you're doing like a sliding scale, Terrence Crawford passes all the tests for me. Mm. No, I agree. He's one of my favorite fighters, if not one of my favorite yeah. fighters on planet Earth in my top pound for pound. Sean Porter, I saw him working out at Mayweather's gym out here in Vegas. Dude, he strapped something around his head with a string with a tennis ball at the end of it, and he's just hitting this thing, like working on muscle memory and reflexes. I'm like, damn, this guy, he, you know, he's intense. I watched him work out at Mayweather gym, and I was like, man, this guy is really, really passionate. And that's what he brings to the dance. Like, he's a trained fighter, but I think, like, we were talking about before, when someone gets hit or something happens, your natural instincts come out. And you had said Pitbull, like, you know, a dog. Like, he goes out there and he's he just wants to he wants to pressure you. He wants to use his physicality. He's obviously a very strong guy in tremendous shape. Um, again, I will not give any predictions on anything. And if you want to make money, <laughs> if I do give you a prediction on anything, like I go against what I have to pick. <laughs> Listen, this man, way she, you will make money. <laughs> Sean, the Sean Porter pick, you can make a lot of money because you know he, he's going to be an underdog going into the fight. But oh, big time! <clears throat> you're listening to the Urban Sports Scene, part of Empire Media, EmpireMedia.com. We're joined by Reginald Woodson, Armand Lee, Al Jones, Johnny Signorella, and, of course, the homie Wole. Thanks for tuning in. Guys, we got a couple topics left. We have, uh, of course, Canelo Plant to discuss. I know we've been chopping it up for a minute. And we got, Johnny, we got a, a Jake Paul question for you. I don't know if anybody else wants to necessarily address <laughs> yeah, that. Send that over to him because I don't and know. Then, <laughs> and then we're going to land his plan with this news that came out this past week about, you know, just – the Olympic boxing matches being fixed. And I'm sure guys, you know, I'm, I'm interested to hear your takes because it hit, it hit close to home for me, just based on the fact that I covered the Russell family and mm-hmm. Antoine Russell, and he ended up getting, I think yeah. a bronze medal, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And now we kind of seeing why. And uh, I just love the information that's coming out because it's shedding some light on the corruption that exists at the Olympic level. But Wole, take us into this big fight coming up. We had the best press conference in a while. With Canelo uh, showing some some street fighting tech, techniques and showing that he can curse in the, in the English language again, baby. It's so funny, man. So we all know no, November six goes down. The WBA, WBC, WBO, and the ring uh, super middleweight champion Canelo Alvarez. I call him the pound for pound best boxer in the game. We'll take on IBF super middleweight uh, champ Caleb Plant. So Johnny, I'm start, Johnny, I'm gonna start with you. Does Plant have a legit have a real chance to take out Canelo Alvarez? 
I like Caleb Plant, but not really. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> come on, I'm gonna keep it real. I'm gonna keep it a hundred percent, guys. I like Caleb's story. I think he's a very good guy. I know he went through a lot of adversity in his right. life and went yeah, through sure. some trials and tribulations. And respect to him and his family. I just don't think he's ready. I mean, Canelo's been doing his thing. Uh, through multiple weight classes, yes, he is picking opponents where he looks very good, but mm-hmm. he looks very good with picking those opponents when he fights them. Um, right. Not that Caleb is bad. Caleb's a good boxer. The only complication for Canelo in this fight, in my opinion, is that Caleb is a good boxer. Look at the history of for Canelo. Israel Nolara gave him a hard time. Mayweather gave him a hard time. There's a lot of boxers that gave him a hard time. So, is Caleb that guy? But the problem is 13 knockouts. I think that Caleb has like, you got to show, I think in my opinion, Canelo, you got to show him a reason to fear you. Um, Like Canelo said at the press conferences recently. And by the way, I love this, that Canelo learned how to speak English and, he got all the curse words. <laughs> Fuck out the beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Canelo's talking English, but all he's talking is curse words. Hey, 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 you, right. you, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm like, what? I really, and I like Caleb a lot. You know, uh, he's a good guy. He definitely has a story. Uh, you know, he's been on the show. I like him, but I really don't think he has a chance against Canelo. No. You know, I, I would advise him to use that footwork, you know, get on that get on that bicycle. Um, that's the only way. And I know Canelo's going to try to walk him down. So, I mean, I, I, I wish him the best of luck that night, man. That's Canelo. Oh, easy. easy. So, for that people that are, that, are, that are listening to my thoughts, bet on <laughs> – Caleb Plant. <laughs> right. nah, don't do that. Don't tell anybody to bet on Caleb Plant, man. This, no, this right here is easy money, right? <laughs> oh, dude, I'll be targeted. Out yeah, here. yo, they gonna come after you, Johnny. Yo, you tell <laughs> oh my god, yo. So this, so honestly, I have no sympathy for Caleb Plant. I want Canelo to go so hard uh, versus Caleb Plant <laughs> only because. No, seriously, man. I have so much respect, and, and I lost a lot of respect for Canelo back with the, the tainted chicken, you know, thing a few years ago, right? But then what he set out to do starting last year, and unfortunately, Caleb Plant wanted to play whatever games in terms of the purse. Caleb, you know, Obviously, this fight was supposed to happen on Mexican Independence Day. Canelo was like, dog, I want to unify. I want to fight. He was, like, fighting every two, three months. And he was mm-hmm. like, you know, we hear the thing about, yo, Canelo doesn't fight these type of fighters. And I think that's been a bit exaggerated only because – who you want to, I mean, outside of Maul, and I don't necessarily know if, if Maul makes things look different, right? Andre, I don't want to hear anybody talk about Demetrius Andre. I don't want to hear that no more. Like, mm-hmm. stop. He's not on the level of Canelo Alvarez. You watch Andre and they fight, and you know what time it is. <laughs> Caleb, Colum, Caleb Smith, Colum Smith, excuse me. We, Canelo fights him, and everybody's like, oh, well, you know, he's just a tall guy. Boom, 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 boom. You saw him the other weekend. He laying Bama's out, right? You go down the line, Canelo, yeah, Laura's a, a phenomenal fighter. Floyd, we don't even need to share expletives. We don't even know we don't right. even need to do the pleasantries. <laughs> the motherfucker Canelo is a monster. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Caleb Plant, I think we all understand. Solid fighter. God bless him. You know what I'm saying? 
Canelo wants the right. unified. He's, he he came into 2020, this, and this is why I respect Canelo, even after, again, the chicken thing, whatever, with Golovkin. He, he came into this year, right? He ended last year the way he did. And he was like, dog, I got a mandatory. This is going to be Scooby Snacks. I'm going to go all year. I'm fighting everybody every quarter. This is what he wanted to do. And then he was like, I'm going to unify. Nobody really cares about Caleb Plant outside of that. You know what I'm saying? This is going to be Billy Joe Saunders. We heard, okay, he's a really good fighter. And he's slick. Billy Joe did what he needed to do for those first few rounds, and it was interesting. But ultimately, you knew what was going to happen in that fight. And the same thing goes here. It's only a matter of time. Whether he gets caught, whether he just gets out-executed, it just literally depends on how Plant wants to play it. But same song, different verse. Canelo... (laughs) With, with what he came into this year intending to do, calling his shot, I mean, I know how boxing is covered in this in this country, but I, I mean, I'm being dead ass. I'm so impressed with what his intent was coming into this year and how mm-hmm. he did it. All the drama, all the red tape and positives in, in boxing, we all know it. Mm-hmm. But he still did it. He still delivered. Mm-hmm. When you, It's almost like, I know, Wale, you a wrestling fan, right? Yeah. And not to get too crazy with it, but like when you were the guy Mm-hmm. You actually have to carry the sport, right? Like yeah. there's an added burden. So mm-hmm. whether it's what Jordan did in the '90s and what Magic and Bird did in the '80s, or what LeBron awesome. is trying to do now, mm-hmm. when you are the face of a sport, Floyd, right? Whether you love him or hate him, there is an added burden yes. in trying to carry a sport that so many people either don't know or foolishly talk about. But Canelo checks all the boxes, bro. When he when he's up, it is an event. And the mm-hmm. fact that he was able to navigate through COVID, through the BS with the the, the, the purse with the plant, which, again, I hope he beats the dog mess out of him for that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I, I, I just have – and I'm not even a Canelo stand, but, like, I'm so happy with what he did this year that I hope he leaves, no doubt, and I'm sure he won't. Right. Um, you know, what plant – I like plant. I do. Um, but everyone got a butt plant. I'm looking at Shakari Richardson when she got to the Prefontaine Classic and she was on the the the, the track with the, the with the Jamaicans. Yep. And she hadn't she hadn't been against she hadn't been out there with that level of competition before. And when she did, she got her doors blown off. And I'm sitting here looking at Caleb Plant. You can't sit here for three and three and a half years plus against inferior competition and then going here against the guy that you're going against. I don't know how we put those two together. And I'm gonna bring up one name. Um the the the, the fight didn't age well because everybody's beating Uskateki easily right. now. But there was this cat named Thomas Awumbono. Uh, uh, Ghana, uh, uh, from Ghana, but he stayed, he lives in the Bronx. He went 10 rounds with uh, Caleb Plant in um, in 2017. In 2018, a year later, Jesse Hart out of Philadelphia. Jesse good. Hart stopped, I got to check my man's name again, Thomas Iwambono. He stopped him in the first round. And Jesse <laughs> Hart don't even have hands like that. Right. So how did, how did this dude go 12, I mean, 10 rounds, go the distance with um with Caleb Plant and turn right around and come, come back the next fight against uh, Hart and get blown out like that? So 
I was. I mean, Feigen Butts. That's not a. That's not a curse word. That was the name, the dude's name. Feigen Butts. Mike Lee, the Subway guy. Who? I just don't know how you make that leap to go up against a guy who's top three, top two, or number one in in all of boxing. I just don't know how you make that leap, and and, and you just haven't been pushed. I mean, and then even we can go to the performance against Caleb Truax. You don't do anything special against him. Yeah. And the world was watching. The world mm-hmm. was watching. Yeah, because yeah, right. yeah, that, that was the time to that was the time to make the statement to give us something to uh to really be looking forward to this unif- this uh undisputed fight for super middleweight. And I just, you know, I just was like, you didn't press that dude, you just boxed him. So, like I said, his his ring IQ. Uh, he has a little bit of side height advantage, you know, some tail of the tape stuff is in his favor. Um, he's very astute business wise. If you listen to him on uh, Twitter and IG, he's talking about his, his profit sharing and his, uh, his uh, 401k and all types of stuff. <laughs> None of that is going to mean anything when it comes to fighting. <laughs> <laughs> About retirement at that already. That's almost like that's almost like coming out and your ring music is church music. You know you're about to get lit up. (laughs) (laughs) You can get holy down the ramp, down the ring. You can get holy. All right, so when all when are all of you guys coming out to Vegas? Because we all need to hang out together. This is amazing. <laughs> I got to put it together. I'm dying right now. Hey, hey guys, uh, I hate to go here, but I, I have to. It is what it is. <laughs> and I know many boxers, including um, <laughs> my man Gary Russell Jr. and many people like Armand, they dislike Jake Paul and all oh. of the attention <laughs> that he receives. However, he recently created a promotional brand, Most Viable Promotions, and he just signed Amanda Serrano, who, guys, she's arguably the most popular female boxer in the world. So, Johnny, I'm just throwing this to you. And, and fellas, if y'all want to jump in, you can, of course. Is Jake Paul here to stay? And what does this mean for the future of boxing with YouTube guys now getting in the ring and selling pay-per-views more than Manny Pacquiao? Can I start with Amanda Serrano? i had her on my show she's really great she's an excellent fighter and you're 100 percent correct and i gotta say you know the polls did hook up the fighters on that night with extra bonus incentives and we want to see our fighters get paid like these guys they're at least training and i'm not trying to be a company man here i'm not getting paid by these you know companies or whatever but the thing is that um at least they're trying. They're fighting. Anyone that gets in the ring and puts themselves out there, uh, do I think you know it's a little at first tacky, and I do I think it's a little bit gimmicky, of course. But then it's like if they want to stand the test of time and they really want to do this, and uh, if they make the sport better and help fighters get more, you know, financial gainment, um, you know, like that that that's big for me. Like I, I want to see people get gainful employment you know, and, and money. So I, I, I gotta say, I can't hate it. I don't like their hairstyle. I think that's a little, <laughs> it, it's kind of troublesome, but it is what it is. <laughs> well, hey, you know, with, with, with YouTubers, everything on YouTube, a lot of stuff on YouTube, you know, it's trendy. 
you know, I, I really don't see Jake around. I I give Jake maybe about five years, man. I really I really think that he's at the plateau, more so at the plateau of his career now. I I, I don't see him being around. I'm from Cleveland. I I went to that fight there in <clears throat> Cleveland, Ohio. Um, you know, I, I had to go support. I was glad he did a lot for the city. He did a, a lot for Serrano's. He did a lot for Montana Love. Put Montana Love on the map. You know, he he did a lot for the sport, and and he opened up the sport to a lot of different eyes of people that may had not even thought about boxing at all. But as far as it, I mean, the trend he's riding the wave. I give him about five more years to be around, and then he'll be he'll be them fizzled out. You know, you know, great point, man. You know, one hundred percent is that uh, it, it's bringing eyes to the sport, and people are talking about right. it. Young kids, my stepdaughter, twelve years old, she's talking about boxing now. Why? Because of that. I'm wow. sorry, would. I mean, it, you know, that's anecdotal stuff, and if that's what's happening, that's what's happening. But I think, you know, again, <laughs> what I was saying earlier with AJ, like, you can only fool the fans so long before the people in the stands start start like, am I getting my money's worth with this shit? Like, what is this? <laughs> That's real. That's real, though. Yo, 100% right. real. I'm a Washington football fan. Like, I'm three games in, and I'm like, do I want to spend any money on this shit? Like, right. so, get your, money. Love it, get, get your money. Um, but I th- but I, I think all I got to do is look at the situation right now with Triller and they can't they can't do nothing with this fight with um Teofimo yeah. Lopez and George Campos Jr. Uh, man, that's a whole nother discussion. We right. didn't even have yeah. that on the docket. Damn. Yeah, no. They, oh, they, got, they got five million. So so what I'm just saying is when you're new, mm. the old money, the top ranks, the PBC with Al Heyman and and, and Bob Aaron the top rank, um, and a couple, you know, Eddie Hearn yeah. inside and whatnot. You just can't come in and be too much of a disruptor when it comes to boxing because you got to have a stable to do it, you know? Mm, and, and, right. and Jake Paul, that name alone is not going to be able to feed and, and drive t- and sell tickets for a roster full of fighters. I want to see him try mm-hmm. to go in here and incorporate some of these things that they do in um, the UFC with fight of the night, knockout of the night, or uh, whatever. All I, I'm all for it, but I'm just saying the boxing, the the boxing audience and, and and the boxing business is just tricky. And like I said, Triller right now, they will probably do anything to give to give that fight to us to pull it off. They like we don't want to do it with with with, with Lopez. Right. I mean, and Lopez is an undisputed under 25 right. years old, and they can't do nothing with the fight. So. I'm just not all that optimistic that Jake Paul can really lead a whole lot of change because it's it, it, it just don't work in boxing. How funny was it with on Triller that when Snoop Dogg got Al Bernstein high on the air and <laughs> De La Hoya was like, "Let's go, baby." I'm like, "What is going on?" And that's, that's a perfect that's a perfect issue, I guess. What what I have is you know, I got my beard getting gray. Maybe I'm a curmudgeon, you know what I'm saying? But like, I feel. <laughs> And I'm going to take a different perspective. You know, my entire career, fortunately, I worked in media, right? Whether it's sports, now national and news. So I, I my criticism isn't to the Paul brothers, per se. I feel a very way, and I talked about this earlier, I, I, feel, I feel a way when 
you get nonstop coverage. And we're treating Jake and Logan Paul like they're Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk, right? And they're covered more than the brand new heavyweight champion, like completely legitimate champion of the world. And this isn't their fault, right? They they have their brand. They're going to do what they're going to do. But if we start to allow things in this, you can take this and you can apply this into all types of things that are happening currently in our country outside of the sports world, but I ain't going to take it there. But when you allow things to be covered that should not even see the light of day relative to real life, tangible events, we are then moving in a place, in a place, excuse me, where you don't know what's, you don't know what's up and down. You don't know what's east or west. There's no way on this earth that Logan or Jake Paul should get more media time than the fight that we saw last weekend in a boxing environment, right? But that's exactly where we are. Would it, I mean, he hit the nail on the head. Teofimo Lopez had arguably the best fight of the year in 2020. Yes, sir. Fourth quarter, fourth quarter. Beat Lomachenko, no question, boom. Star-making performance. Not only was it a star-making performance, that's right at around the time where um, my man Tank beats Leo, right? We had a phenomenal performance, a lot of questions about Ryan Garcia. All of these things are happening at the same time, same weight class. There's a real excitement. COVID happened, I mean, not COVID happened, but whatever happens, happens. And then boxing, the sport, has been reduced to basically, like you said, Johnny, like Snoop getting Al Bernstein high. So (laughs) a sport that has worked so hard to get out of this quote-unquote circus and all this other stuff, right? You have legitimate, young, talented, hungry, phenomenal, entertaining, energetic fighters, and we're doing this. I I can't blame that on Jake. Or Logan, right? That's not their fault. They're gonna they're gonna hit a lick. This is their lick. They hit it. Boom! So I celebrate them. Right. Congratulate them. But the powers that be, we need to hold them to task to be like, hold on now. Imagine if the big three is covered more than the NBA. That's a problem. You feel me? If the Harlem Gold right. Globetrotters get more coverage than the Los Angeles Lakers or the Milwaukee Bucks, that dynamic right. is kind of where we are in boxing. In the sustainability of the sport does concern me, but again, I'm an old man, so this I could be all your points, off Armand. My line, but... I love all your points, Armand. Like my thing is that: Do you think it was a blame on COVID or just like the state of the game with boxers? Like, I mean, they people don't want to fight, and you can't hate people that you know want to come out. Of course, I'm not saying you in general, but people yeah. that want to come out and make some money and earn, like the money's there, it's a cash grab. And that's what the business has become. Um, back in the day, like we talked about the nineties earlier to start the show, like people fought each other, man. Like we had Delahoya versus Trinidad and Sugar Shane Mosley, Holyfield right. and Bo and all these great fighters going out there and, and fighting all the time. Like, is it just a new generation well, that of but- boxers that don't want to fight? But that's kind of my point. When you look at the yep. end of 2020, we were getting the fights that we wanted, right? We were getting yes, – I talked about Canelo. Canelo came into this year. like, I'm going to fight all the time. You're going to see me on YouTube. So, again, I, I, I'm not blaming the actual 
subjects in this, right? They they have an opportunity. That's not their responsibility. I don't even know if they're I think they are. You would know better than me. I don't even know if they're like true diehard fans of the sport, right? So they don't have an obligation for the betterment of the sport. But if you consider yourself a media, a legitimate journalism, media company outlet, and again, Canelo Alvarez, Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, Terrence Crawford, Sean Port, like these are people who are A, talented, A, charismatic. I mean, Canelo, Canelo looks like a damn movie star. You know what I mean? Anthony Joshua <laughs> yeah. looks like, you know what I mean? Like if you, if you were telling me that the only way you can market boxing is by these YouTube sensations, right? Then it's a failure on promoters because clearly there's a way you can cross promote that. Mm-hmm. And it's a failure on the media outlets that we spend a, a, a ridiculous, and I'm talking about ESPN and Fox Sports, obviously, <laughs> right? Where your cable bill is expensive because of those prices, right? I don't want, like, I don't know. There, it, It's a great frontier and it's an opportunity for promoters to probably get in it, but it is a bit of concern that Triller can't get Teofimo Lopez's fight off the ground. Mm. Um, so we need I to get fighters fighting more like the more current fighters on the planet there's a lot of talent in boxing right now man you know there's so much talent in boxing right now these kids they're they're athletes um their athleticism is amazing we just need to see that more we need to fight more frequently like four kings guys i'm gonna throw this one out there and i'm not getting paid for this four uh I, i think it was the Showtime documentary, Hagler, yeah. Hearns, all the great guys, all the badasses. Like, they all fought each other, man. Like, we yeah. need that now in the sport of boxing more than ever. And I'm glad we're starting to see it, guys. Yeah. So on a positive note, we're starting to see, like, big fights come up. We got, like, we we unpacked today. We got Canelo coming back out against Plant. We got Deontay Wilder, you know, coming back out against Tyson Fury. You know, there, there's a lot of great stuff to uh, to look at here. So uh, let's move forward, fellas. Ooh, man, I put the last question out there. I don't know if you guys had a chance to look at it, but we just uh, found out last week or this past week, I should say, that an investigation revealed that some boxing matches in the Olympics were fixed specific to the 2016 Rio games and also the 2012 London games. And what's crazy is a lot of guys who cover the sport of boxing, you know, I'm not going to put their names out there, but they said, man, it's finally being brought to light. This has been happening. And I remember talking to Gary Russell uh, senior and he said, Antoine clearly should have won gold in 2016 at Rio, but you know, that's just how the Olympics are and we'll take it. It's still a dream come true. But that has ruined a lot of people. Yep. A lot of boxers' dreams have died there. I just want to get you guys' thoughts on what this, you know, means moving forward for Olympic boxing. And do you expect there to be a fallout from all of this corruption, which, of course, we only know the past two Olympics, but it could be, you know, more Olympic uh, games that were, you know, uh, involved in this sort so of, uh, I guess, scandal, if you want to call it that, Um what do you guys think that you guys know this was uh, occurring and where do we go from here? It's well, just, I, I, whoever jumped in, sorry. <laughs> it, it's just crazy that out of all the stuff that there that's, that's there, the one problem child in the room in the professional realm is over here in the amateur game. And it's still some, I'll say for vacary, 
but you know mm-hmm. I'm putting what I'm trying to say. But it's it's just why does everything? Why does this black cloud and the and you know why does the black cloud stay over boxing? And and it's crazy because the when, in talking to a lot of the, the younger fighters and watching the guys that are transitioning from the amateur ranks to the pros and even coming out of the uh, the the the, uh, the Olympic programs and whatnot, these dudes are such. Um, I mean, they they're like they're, they're like fawns or something. They you know they they they're humble. They've just been led around, do this, do this, do that, and be here, and all of this, and 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 and, and you know, the you you got USA boxing overseeing all of this type of you know the whole thing and whatnot. But it's these these athletes are just so different from you know high school uh, basketball and football players. Cause they don't, you know, some of these guys don't graduate or or whatever. I don't, it's, it's it's just such a uh, a fragile group of people for all of this stuff to happen to. And honestly, I'm not gonna stay long here. Honestly, I just don't think that there's really the uh, the concern from the larger community of what happens. I don't think nobody really cares. This story ain't gonna be no e60 minute short about this shit. Uh, they ain't gonna be on real sports. Don't nobody give a shit. Y'all are just dudes who go in. Y'all are just men and women who go in here and get punched in the damn face. Uh, yeah, these guys. You know, we knew the thing with the Conlon kid when he gave the middle fingers. We knew the situation from um, you know, the one that was in there with Tony Yoka and uh, Joe Joyce. I'm just wondering, like, what was the real payoff in doing any of this, like, for for a gold medal? Because, because you know, it's no guarantee that a lot of the gold, the medalists, period, it's no real guarantee that any of those guys get over into the pro ranks and really become uh, marquee fighters, household names or champions or anything. So I'm just dumbfounded that this was because it was like six figure payoffs involved and whatnot. And it's like, for what? Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate, man, because, you know, I'm one of my earliest boxing memories is seeing Roy right in the Olympics and when that's like the inception that's the inception point right that's the beginning that's where everything you start or you kind of begin your 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 journey into being a fandom in boxing it's almost kind of like well yeah of course you know what I mean so when you hear something with the gravity of this right because think about it the Olympics should theoretically play almost kind of to what college football is, college basketball is for those respective sports. The world is watching. You see these people and like, well, it hit it perfectly, man. These guys, humble, they don't know a lot of times better. I mean, green, greener than green. You know what I'm saying? And they're taking advantage of it. And like, it's an opportunity that we, as a boxing, you know, society fans that we are, this could be a launching point, but what happens is it just it becomes confirmation bias, right? We all know, oh, that's just boxing being boxing. Boxing is a circus, right? So, what's what's the reward? Like, what's what's the point of doing that, right? Of muddling up the Olympics, which you know, if you buy into the propaganda, it's all about purity and like they don't, we don't, we don't have professionals. You know what I mean? All this other stuff. But I will leave you with this because I'm not going to spend too much time with it. It's really odd to me that if this sort of misconduct and corruption that has happened, has been admitted, has been proved in Olympic boxing, if this happened in swimming, if this happened in track, 
we would be inundated with these type of stories. You haven't heard a peep about this. You know what I'm saying? Right. Not a peep. And that's that's a I think as a fan a bigger problem, right? Where it's so. I mean, some of these stories, like they just gone back to Olympic games. Again, you can go back. God knows how long and tell that there's been corruption, but this cloud just stays over the sport that it's almost kind of like, oh, that's boxing, huh? And that's a problem. Armand, do you do you think do you think what what if they went and pitched somebody said, do you want to spend the money to Brian Gumble to go get a a segment on this? Do you think he'd even stop talking and consider that shit, and he'd be like, man, if you don't. <laughs> With no bass in his voice. Uh, it's boxing. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that's what everybody would say. Yeah. yeah, it is, man. And piggyback off what you said, it, it's very disappointing. You know, and, and it's because it's boxing. You know, it, it's disappointing that, that the corruption is going on. And we have children that started fighting since, you know, boxing since they were eight years old and looking forward to this moment. And to rob those children, you know, underprivileged children, mm. may I yep. add, underprivileged children, it, it, it's very disappointing, man, to put them on the stage and, and knowing it, it, it just goes almost like with life with the underprivileged, man. It's an uphill battle. You yeah. know, and, and, and it's bad that it has to end that it has to end that way for a lot of kids because they get discouraged. You know, the children get discouraged, man. They've been fighting for this all their life to get to this point and to just have it just taken away from them unfairly is very discouraging, man. It is. And I wish someone would have, you know, did have the, the funds and the money behind them to, to, to expose this and, and try to come up with a better solution for the corruption. I mean, it's bad, man. I, I hope that someone can, you know, some of the committee, member, committee members can come on there and, and you know, try to, to uh, revamp that whole boxing, that whole amateur situation with the, in the Olympics. Look at how boxing was treated. I mean, to jump in front of anybody, but look how boxing was treated just this past year. Uh, you know, we had guys who had fought on ESPN that ended up back in the Olympics you know, uh, some of them got in uh, either the zone and ESPN. We had fighters who had two or three fights on ESPN Plus and the zone. Uh, and the kid Duke Reagan and um, the kid from uh, Virginia, can't think, Keyshawn uh, Davis, I think. We had guys who had been on TV already, and then they get over to the Olympics. And I'm sitting here, try- I'm thinking about doing some kind of coverage on the Olympic uh, boxing. I don't even know when the hell that stuff was coming on. I mean, it was so hard to catch any of it. And it's right, like, right. Again, y'all don't give a damn about this sport. So it's like, I think like the Paul brother was appropri- appropriating from hip hop. Like, stop playing with me, man. Like, yeah. why can't we help this sport get out into a good on, on a good footing? And 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 it just be treated like you said. If this stuff was happening in diving yeah. or, or swimming. Hell, right. it'd be a story if it was the horses being mistreated for the equestrian stuff. Bro. <laughs> right. 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 Absolutely. And by, my thoughts on the Olympic Games for boxing over the years when I've been watching Evander Holyfield, Roy Jones Jr., you know, they got robbed. I, I thought, obviously, in their Olympic Games, but there, there is a positive to take away from this. They took a negative and they made it work. They became mm-hmm. world champions. 
that's what a boxer is supposed to do. That's that's what guys of those, you know, kind of accolades are supposed to do. I've met both both guys multiple times, and they are just wonderful people. They're very inspiring. Uh, what could I say more about like how greatly influenced I was by meeting them about my life and my code of conduct? Uh, the thing is, I, I think the Olympic Games, what they should do is definitely have more just with boxing in general. Like, I mean, it, it's a very weird sport. It's unlike anything else. It's a red light. What, what do I always say? The red light district of sports. Like, yeah. that's what boxing is. You know, uh, when it's at its best, there's nothing better than it, man. Nothing. Like, oh, God, yeah. a, a Turagati Ward. You know, yeah. uh, my goodness, yeah, Ali and Frazier, like, you know, Foreman and Ron Lyle. Like, if you look at some of those fights, Holyfield and Bo won, like, there's no other better sport. Like, it's the most ridiculous thing. There's times and times again where I have, like, friends and family members over, and they'll, they'll watch a good boxing match. Like, they'll actually catch one here and there. We get one every once in a while, guys. So people that are <laughs> listening, they they happen, and they're like, wow this is like incredible mike this is why i love it so we show up it, it, it's like the pretty girl that we all want to deal with you know for you right. know from time because we just keep coming back for the good loving and so when boxing <laughs> gives us that good loving you know what i'm saying like we'll deal with the bullshit right. every once in a while like, all right you give me some shit every now and then but you know what you, you're loving so good here i am that's boxing it's that crazy meter, right. right? You know, it's the crazy meter. That's what you do, whatever, how good it is. You know what I mean? So if she's if she's super crazy, that means she's really and you're still dealing with it. You already know. J Lo. <laughs> right, this this is a whole other podcast we can get into right now, bro. Oh man, it's a whole different story. We can get into. That's a whole different life story. What man. did I start here? <laughs> That's a whole different life story. You didn't hey man, this you know how to get out of that. Which where you were going? I had, I had look, 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 bro. Yeah, that's that's the boxing after dark segment. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, this has been a dope ass show, man. I appreciate everybody. Before we like you know, dip off on the show, um, I want to give everybody an opportunity to tell 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 our listeners about their platform. So, Wood, I'm gonna start with you because you got the Michigan hat. You know, a Michigan fan. I'm a man in Ohio. You in Ohio with a Michigan hat on. We'll talk about this all the time. Oh, man, I see my man Al with the Ohio State thing. We still cool. We're going to talk later about that. But I'm going to start with my man Wood. <laughs> all right. All right. Go Buckeyes, baby. Go Buckeyes. <laughs> hey, hey, honestly, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate the invite and coming on. You know, I've been on a, um, a bit of a hiatus with boxing because of, uh, you know, the COVID cancellations, the business, uh, the business issues. The, the Valdez thing, the decision by the sanctioning bodies. I just needed a break from it. And then with the, you know, with the, with the, with the fans of the sport, like we said earlier, you know, you try to talk about just to say tank needs to be a professional and make weight. You can become a uncle Tom or a coon or something. And it's like, well, I mean, everybody been making weight for, you know, since the beginning of the sport, I, I just want the dude to be able to fight for a title. So um, I just had to take a break. So bite down boxing has kind of just been uh, in limbo for a minute. I'm looking forward to reconnecting with the sport after this, uh, this fury situation, awesome. of course, taking the opposite person that John picked. Uh, <laughs> so, so I'm looking to get back into it. You know, I, I, I haven't even been, I, I didn't even try to go to the Jake Paul fight and it was here in Cleveland 
it was some stuff I wanted to do on the undercard and whatnot. So I'm 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 I'm, I'm gonna come back to it. But right now I'm cooking with my um it's always personal podcast, which is on Apple Podcasts and uh Spotify. It's just me talking about grown man stuff. Uh as a as a mid-40s brother. Um, hard as hell right now to get guests, by the way. And then also, you know, I talk about um a lot of stuff over on my Pay Me No Mind YouTube channel. Um entertainment stuff, movie reviews, album reviews and whatnot. So that's kind of the two places where I've been the most active. Oh, Gotta man. have Johnny on your show, bro. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. gonna say I was just thinking the same thing, man. I, I'd love to bring you on my show and talk about music, man. I'm a big yeah, I gotta guy. link up with all of y'all. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, has man, been man. wonderful. And uh, Al, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna, yeah. go with you. I'm gonna go with you since you know, even though you're Ohio State, I'm gonna go with you. Um, also, man, tell the folks about the radio show and everything, my man. Yeah, thank you so much. First off, thank you once again for having me on, man. It's been a pleasure. I I'm on in the ring with Al Jones on every platform. Uh, also on 1490 WERE, uh, News 1490 WERE AM. If you're in the Cleveland, Ohio area, and you can reach me every Tuesday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on NewsTalkCleveland.com. I have all types of guests on from from referees, Richard Steele, to to Derek James, which is a, a coaches. So so I have all the fighters on, like I mentioned, from, from uh, Jerry Cooney to Larry Holmes. I had the old champions on, mm. the new champions on, up and coming. So, you know, every Tuesday, 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on NewsTalkCleveland.com. All on every social media platform that's in the ring with Al Jones, on all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, um, uh, IG, YouTube. I'm on, on all social media platforms, In the Ring with Al Jones. And then my personal page is AJ oh. In the Ring on oh. IG. Oh. All right, Johnny, we're going with you next, man. Platforms, tell them everybody what you, you, know, you got going on, what you got cooking, the show and everything. I'm on Chatterbait. Uh, you can get me on uh, fans only. No. <laughs> I was like, where are you going with this? <laughs> I was like, hold on, though. What's happening? <laughs> At Boxing Music John, you'll find me. I have a podcast I do weekly. Uh, I have different installments. I have actors on, musicians on, fighters on, uh, people from all walks of life. So it's uh, I, I recommend just going to the Twitter at Boxing Music John. You'll find all the shows, and uh, you will not see the chatterbait stuff. You got to pay for that. So if you want that, right. you can email me <laughs> at Drummer John Sig. Oh wait a minute! <laughs> wait a minute! Oh, hey, I'm I'm, I'm, hey, 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 Johnny, I love watching you after the fight, though, man. And and that Vegas we is different. You know, I'm, I'm beyond those days. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, I tell Wally all the time because I'm up. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a night out. I'm up all night, and you know you you're in Vegas. You're a few hours behind. But when you're doing your post fight at three a.m., brother, I'm watching. Trust me. And, and, and you you notice I had a little puffy, <laughs> a little, oh, little sesh. Oh man, hey Armand, man, tell folks about the quarterly report podcast, and also you know how didn't catch you on social. Love yeah, it. man. Before I do that, man, I just want to shout out all y'all, man. Wood. Uh, Al and Johnny, along with both Ray and Wale, man. I appreciate y'all. You know, a good boxing discussion is kind of hard to find. You know what I mean? So anytime 
you can have intelligent, uh, but also still entertaining, you know, conversations, man. It's, it's, it's really, I really appreciated this time. So shout out to each and every one of y'all brothers, man. I really did enjoy this. Uh, as far Thank as you so much. Yeah. Yeah. As Thank far you. as my show, uh, check me out on, um, anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, wherever, Google play, uh, the quarterly pie, the quarterly report podcast. Uh, you know, we break down boxing, NBA, football, pop culture, music, the whole nine, man. Try to give a, a blend of personality, but also different type of sports analysis that we don't necessarily get on the larger platform. So check me out on Twitter at Quarterly Show. That's Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E Show. And again, Quarterly Report. We spell quarterly Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E. So thank you very much. We want to thank you all for being on the show. You know, we appreciate you. Appreciate you all. Um, you can check us out on the, at the home of the Urban Sports Scene at Empire Media at AmpireMedia.com. And this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Empire Media shows as well as other great content. Hey, Ray, you want to say anything before we got close the show out, my man? Nah, just I echoed everybody else's sentiments, yeah. man. This has been awesome, dude. Definitely. Like, Sometimes you know how you 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 do shows and the time seems to drag. This time, you know, we we've been on here two hours and I ain't even tripping like that. <laughs> yeah, me it's facts, been a lot man. of fun, man. Facts, man. And I facts. appreciate I appreciate the insight, real talk. And hey, guys, let us be that part of that movement that gets boxing back to that yeah, level man. that we want to see it at, man. From our childhood and from the previous generation. I know I sound old by saying that, but hey, you, it's I mean, real, you baby. sound kind of old though, but it is what it is. <laughs> But we the same age right. though, but it is what it is. Anyway, man, you've been listening to the Urban Sports Safe for ages. Yeti Lucis, a mega. Lead us out, big homie. Peace.